We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There seems to be a double standard for Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. Why do I say that? Because Shannon Sharp offered excuses for the Chiefs QB after his loss to the Packers, saying that, you know, his team is expecting too much from him. Yet, when Lamar Jackson falters, the former Ravens tight end and Hall of Famer has admitted that he gives Lamar harsher judgments. I'll explain that all in just a minute. I'm Sarah Ellison, riding solo without my partner and co-host Bobby Trossett, who is in vacation in Europe during the bye week. It is Tuesday, December 5th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault, presented by our friends at GEHA. John Harbaugh spoke with the media following the Ravens bye week, where he reacted to the losses by several opponents. And then he also reacted to Zach Ertz rumors and then gave some positive injury updates. And finally, I'll give my Ravens midseason awards, including team MVP, defensive player of the year, breakout player of the year, and many others. So I've got all of that and more coming up. Thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and my opinions in about 30 minutes. All right, so... As we know, the Packers had an upset loss uh, to the Green Bay Packers, and it has people wondering, national media probably overreacting like they do after a Ravens loss, but people are wondering, what's going on with Kansas City, especially their offense? And Shannon Sharp gave some commentary with Chad Ochocinco on their show, the Nightcap show, and I think, really, everything they had to say is on point. I don't disagree with it. Greatness of Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. he can't overcome these mediocre receivers. Dude, and I yeah. kept it. I told you this earth. I said at some point in time, Ocho, you can't keep scheming. How many smoke screens? How mm-hmm. many try you try to change the DB's eye level mm-hmm. before you just have a guy to go beat me on a comeback right. or beat me on a speed out? They can't do that consistently, Ocho. And even the greatness of Patrick Mahomes can't overcome it. I think they regret letting Tyreek go. Now you understand his importance and what he meant to that team. Pat Mahomes won the MVP. They won the Super without Tyreek. Yeah. But I think the mistake that you make is sometimes you're like, okay, we're straight. Nah, nah, nah. You could have got a DeAndre Hopkins. Mm. 
a guy that can yeah. beat man coverage right. consistently because you're asking too much. And I know Pat Mahomes is great. He's historically great. But Ocho, you're asking him an awful lot to make yeah. chicken salad out of that chicken stuff he got <laughs> going on. All right. So as I said, I think that's all true. Listen, I think sometimes we go too far with because there are, there are quarterbacks that can elevate players around them, right? And but I think Patrick Mahomes is one of them. I think that Lamar Jackson is one of them. Tom Brady was one of them. There's tons of quarterbacks that elevate the players around them. That being said, how far do you keep cutting from them to see how much they can elevate? Like if they put me out on the field with Patrick Mahomes, yeah, he's an all-time great, but he's not going to elevate me to the point that he's winning games, right? Like, there is a point of it just doesn't work anymore. So, as Shannon Sharp pointed out, Patrick Mahomes was accustomed to a Tyree kill for many, many years, along with, like what Lamar has, one of the best tight ends, if not the best, in the NFL with, with Kelsey, Travis Kelsey. And so then the Ravens, excuse me, the Chiefs, let Tyreek Hill go. He's now with the Miami Dolphins. He's completely turned around that franchise and that offense. Completely turned it around. And so they go out and get Juju Smith-Schuster, and Kelsey's still on fire. Kelsey last year had 1,300 yards. Juju Smith-Schuster just under 1,000. And then they go on and win the Super Bowl. Good for Patrick Mahomes. He does it with not a Tyreek Hill, but a Juju Smith-Schuster. But Juju, still, you know, a good wide receiver. He's no slouch. But then Kansas City got cocky, and they went even further. And now they have a receiving core that's probably on par with what Lamar Jackson has been dealing with for almost his entire career, NFL career until now. So the Chiefs went too far. I agree with Shannon Sharp. Here's the problem. That standard that Shannon Sharp is applying to Patrick Mahomes, he doesn't give it to Lamar. He hasn't given it to Lamar this season. And that's not to say that Shannon Sharp hasn't given Lamar his dues. He has. He has in the past. I'll get to that in a minute. But this season, he has been very harsh on Lamar. And how do I know that? Because he's admitted it. And he's explained why he's more harsh on Lamar than he is on most other quarterbacks. This was after the Ravens win over Detroit. This is what Shannon says on why what Shannon Sharp says on why he's harsher on Lamar. You have to judge Lamar just like we would a Aaron Rodgers, just like we would a Patrick Mahomes, because that's the level of greatness that he's shown. He is an MVP. He won a unanimous MVP in the history of the NFL. Only two men can only say that. He and Tom Brady. So I'm not going to judge him like I judge a Josh Allen. I'm not going to judge him like I judge a Justin Herbert because he's on a level and shown that he should be graded harsher. Interesting. Okay, fine. You want to judge them more harsher than a Josh Allen or a Justin Herbert. I can accept that. That's essentially him saying that he thinks Lamar is better than both those quarterbacks. Fair. But if the MVP is the reason that you're judging him harsher, then shouldn't you then by those standards mean that you judge Patrick Mahomes even harsher than Lamar? Patrick Mahomes is an NFL MVP. Patrick Mahomes has two Super Bowl rings. Patrick Mahomes has two MVPs in, from the Super Bowl. Okay? 
there are very few quarterbacks that are better than Lamar Jackson. But when it comes to hardware and what he's done so far, that's Patrick Mahomes. I still think Lamar can get there. I think Lamar can bring home a ring. Um, but right now it's Patrick Mahomes who does. So then by his own standards that he set up, he shouldn't be given excuses for Mahomes. Not unless he's going to do it for Lamar. So on when I saw this video come out on Tuesday, I quote retweeted it. I quote retweeted the video and I put up this picture of the Ravens 2021, or excuse me, 2022 wide receivers down the stretch. And I tweeted, when this was Lamar Jackson's wide receivers, did Lamar get the same excuses from Shannon Sharp that he's given to Patrick Mahomes? Now, the wide receivers I have um, put up here is Demarcus Robinson, Deshaun Jackson, James Prochet, and Sammy Watkins. Now, if we want to be absolutely accurate, Sammy Watkins was signed, re-signed to the Ravens, signed off of waivers after Lamar went down. So technically, this was Tyler Huntley's wide receivers when he went into the playoffs. So fine, let's be absolutely accurate from when Lamar went down in 2022. In his last game that he was fully healthy, it was, again, Demarcus Robinson, who finished with about 450 yards and two touchdowns. Respectable, but not like wide receiver one. Deshaun Jackson, on the back end of his career, was phenomenal in his prime. Certainly wasn't that for the Ravens. James Prochet, and then instead of Sammy Watkins, it was Devin DuVernay. I don't know that this changing Sammy Watkins for Devin DuVernay changes my point here. This is not... Uh, you know, a very high caliber wide receiver core. Now, Shannon Sharp, to his credit, and somebody did tweet this to me. Somebody, uh, Robert Nick, Nick, or excuse me, somebody named Ryan. Let me get this a little bit bigger. Ryan uh, Batward said, yes, Sarah. Um, Shannon has praised Lamar and said the Ravens messed up waiting to pay him just, and you're just openly ignoring that. Well, no, I'm not. I very much concede that especially back in Shannon Sharp's undisputed days over on Fox, he was very complimentary of Lamar. I've heard him, I heard him say that Lamar raises the play of the people around him. And he, and he was upset with the Ravens. He, he said, Ravens, yesterday's price is not today's price, saying they messed up for not giving him a higher contract before the 2022 season. Shannon has definitely praised Lamar for doing that. That's not my point, as I said to this person on Twitter. Yeah, he's praised them, but my point is that Shannon has been tougher on Lamar when he has not been Superman. He praises him when he is Superman, but doesn't say, well, he couldn't be Superman this time. Maybe the, maybe the, the, the Ravens are asking too much of him, like he did for Mahomes. No, he says, I have higher standards for Lamar, but then he gives excuses for Mahomes. Okay, so I recognize that this isn't Shannon just always hating on Lamar. He's been very, he's praised him in the past. But it's no excuses for Lamar when he falters, and it's plenty of excuses for Patrick Mahomes. Now, I remember not only on top of him saying, um, you know, I judge Lamar harsher, but he also had on the first take show his brother Sterling Sharp. And Sterling said uh, when a host was like, hey, don't you give, Lamar, a little bit of a pass with his numbers given his wide receiver core. And Sterling's like, nope, you dance with the girl that you brought. You dance with the girl that you brought. That was his, his uh, analogy. And Shannon didn't push back against that. And then Shannon didn't say that here for Patrick Mahomes. So again, it's a double standard. 
then you can even look past those 2022 receivers. Let's go back to 2021, as Stephen O does from CBS Sports. He, quote, retweeted me. And Stephen O says, Lamar led the league in touchdowns and was a unanimous MVP with, off the top of my head, and I went back and checked from what he said off the top of his head and is correct. So he led the the league in TDs with Hollywood Brown, who was a rookie coming off of his Liz Frank injury, Willie Sneed, Seth Roberts, Miles Boykin. Now, I'm not trying to like diss on any of these guys, but none of them come close to Tyreek Hill. None of them. Who Lamar, who, who Patrick Mahomes had in his first, his first Super Bowl. Then Steven continues, no one helps prop up teammates more than Lamar Jackson. I'm just glad that we finally seem to have players on both offense and defense that can prop him up at times. What a change that's been this year, right? What a change that's been. So I, you know, like to look at people who push back and try to look at all the comments. I really didn't see anything that made me rethink my take on this, that it's a double standard. Robert Nickel, he said to me, how many rings does Lamar have again? Remind me. So I replied back to Robert. That has nothing to do with the topic. Everyone knows Mahomes has two rings to Lamar zero. This is zero hate or shade towards Patrick. None of this is. Like I said, Patrick, he earns it. Until until he gets knocked off the perch, he's the top quarterback. So then I go on and say, but Mahomes also won one of those rings with perhaps the best NFL wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, and another one with Juju Smith-Schuster and a healthy Kelsey who put up 1,300 yards that year. Of course Mahomes' production will suffer without top receivers. That's fair for Shannon to point out. What's not fair is acting like wide receivers shouldn't affect Lamar too. What could Lamar do with Tyreek? I, a, a, a Twitter follower replied to me <laughs> when I said that. Uh, which I thought this was kind of funny. He put up a a tweet for those that are on audio only. This is Rico Smith. He puts up a tweet that says, just imagining Lamar with Tyreek and then puts up a gif of a woman fainting. Like, that is faint worthy. Could you imagine Lamar Jackson and Tyreek Hill on the same team? No, 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 I can't. I can't. And, um, you know, that's just it. That's just it. Quarterbacks, of course, are going to suffer if you do not give them top wide receivers. Or even in Lamar's case this year, pretty good receivers, really good receivers. I don't know that we can say at this point through 13 weeks that OBJ or Bateman or Zay is a top, top wide receiver. Zay is the closest one to it in terms of production this year. We'll see if OBJ and Bateman continue to, to, to pour things on. But they're a good receiver group. They really are. They're really good. They're a good receiver group. Again, not Tyreek Hill type standards, but probably the standards that Mahomes was playing with when he won with Juju Smith Schuster and, uh, and, but had Kelsey. We'll see what happens with, with Mark Andrews this year. So um, one last thing that I thought was kind of funny a, uh, a follower replied back. And said, this is every Ravens fan to Chiefs fans now, now that the Chiefs don't have the wide receivers for Mahomes. You think football is... And by the way, this is obviously a a clip from the classic uh, Remember the Titans film. You think football is still fun? Uh, Yes. Sir. Yes. No. No? Sir. sir, uh, It was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by now. No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. All right. Yeah. It's not fun when your quarterback is uh, 
you know, fighting with everything he has and the people around him can't, can't keep up. So, uh, no hate against Patrick, no hate to the chiefs. I agree with what Shannon said on them. I just wish that he had the same standards for both quarterbacks. Uh, coming up, I've got updates from John Harbaugh and his press conference with the media following the weekend off for the bye. But before I get to that, I want to say that the vault is presented by GEHA, Government Employee Health Association, proudly providing health and dental benefits to federal employees and their families for 86 years. With over 2 million members and growing, GEHA continues to serve those members and families who serve all of us every day. And GEHA wants to give you the chance to show your purple pride with an exclusive pregame Ravens Tunnel experience. Between now and December 19th, fans can enter for the opportunity to be in the tunnel as the Ravens get ready to take the field on New Year's Eve. So two grand prize winners brought to you by GEHA will receive the following for the December 31st, 2023 home game against Miami. They will get two game tickets, two backyard bash passes, exclusive pregame tunnel experience, a complimentary parking pass, and two Ravens gift bags. So all Ravens fans living in Delaware, District of Columbia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and Virginia, they are eligible to enter. The contest is open to the public and see the sweepstakes rules. GEHA, Government Employees Health Association, your friend in federal since 1937. We know federal because we only provide benefits for federal. Visit GEHA.com. All right, so let's get into... Uh, the highlights from John Harbaugh's press conference with media. Uh, he came in talking about what his week was like, what his week was like for the whole coaching staff. The players, we know it was a week off. They got to rest. They got to heal their bodies. Not so much for the coaching staff. This is what John Harbaugh had to say with what they were busy with. Coming out, uh, welcome back. Good to have you back. And uh, it's, been, it's been good. Had a very productive week. A lot of work went into the week uh, in terms of the coaching staff and trying to turn over every stone and figure out every avenue that we can do to create opportunities and advantages for our team and for our players going forward. We know we've got a big challenge in front of us, but we also have a great opportunity and uh, we're looking forward to it. We just can't wait. The guys were great today. They were locked in, had a really good practice, uh, great meetings. Felt great about that. Uh, they'll be off and preparing tomorrow, trying to just kind of get themselves right for, uh, for Wednesday and then we'll be off on the week. Great. That's, per that's what you want the bye week to be. And what's nice is that the Ravens get in their rest. They were the last team to get a bye. Uh, so they get the freshest bodies out of anybody in the NFL. Great call to wait to have the bye week until now instead of after London. But also to do that self-scouting and to look ahead at opponents. The, the record under John Harbaugh for the first game coming from the, back from the bye, I'll look this up for another show. It's, it's very, very good. It's it's. Excellent, actually, but I'm going to get the exact number soon. So you know they scouted the Rams, but I guarantee you, guarantee you, they were peeking ahead to those Jags. They were peeking ahead to the 49ers. They're coming up with game plans, and then the week of, they can more polish them, see what else they can add from the film. But we'll see how successful they were at looking ahead as we see the results from those games moving forward. Now, obviously, Harbs was asked for his reaction to all the opponents losing the Chiefs, the, the Browns, the um, Steelers, all these guys leaving the Ravens with a nice, comfortable lead in the division, number two seed 
in the conference, but they control their own destiny. They can get the number one seed. They control their own destiny. How does Harbaugh feel about that? Well, we're just, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm excited just like all the players are. I hope the fans are uh, with the opportunity that we have and that, that our guys have, uh, have created for themselves, you know, and you do that by just taking it one day at a time and trying to be the best football team you can be and try to play the best you can. So I feel like our guys have done a good job of that, but um, it's always looking forward. Challenges are in front of us, and we need to be ready for them. All right, well, that's the attitude the coach and the players need to have. We out here, fans, and the media can talk about it, celebrate it, celebrate the Ravens' positioning and how things went mostly right for them, almost almost exactly what they wanted from those games, minus the Miami win. Um, but for them, it all means nothing unless they take care of business. So, yeah, they check in on the scores, obviously, but the bigger thing is that they focus Take it one game at, at a time. Rams are up next. Rams are at 500. They're very much in the thick of a playoff race. They want the win. The Ravens want the win. Take it one week at a time. Okay. Harbs was also asked about, of course, Joe Flacco uh, playing for the Browns and what Harbaugh was doing as he was watching that. Do you allow your, do you watch the games yesterday? Do you root against the Steelers and the Browns? Are you watching course, the games absolutely. at all? <laughs> Did you watch the games? I watched most of them. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I can't say I was right glued to the TV for every single play, but and and I don't have a package or anything, so I got to watch the red zone a lot of times. So I mean, why would I? Have, I'm at I'm at games. I mean, I'm not watching games. I'm not going to pay for that. No way. But then on the bye week, I, I will say on the bye week and on the Thursday game, I was kind of mad at myself for not having it. You know, but uh, absolutely, you root against all the teams that are you know in your way. So that's what we did. We had a we had a good day watching Joe in the orange or the Browns and playing the team you're going to play next. I was rooting against Joe and the Browns. You know, that's that's what we did. Um, you know, I think Joe is cool. It's cool what he did. He looked, he looked really good, but I uh, couldn't root for him yesterday. <laughs> First of all, can somebody at the Ravens or can somebody at the NFL get John Harbaugh, one of only 32 head coaches, the Sunday ticket NFL package? Can we get him that? I mean, I know he's not watching the broadcast games every week, but when he has it off, is it too much to ask that the head coach gets an NFL Sunday ticket? At the same time, you know, he could just pay for it, but come on. Come on. He's like, he's like the rest of us. Why pay for something that you don't use that often? He gets, he watches film, of course, but he gets the all 22. It's on the iPad. It's a much better version of the broadcast, but uh, yeah, let's get him that. And then Listen, he's speaking for all of us when it was like, no, we were rooting for Joe. Happy, cool for him, but we were rooting against him for sure. Okay, finally, Zach Ertz, we've covered it. Asked for a release from the Cardinals. They granted it. He wants to join a contender. He's a three-time uh, Pro Bowl tight end. I have not been against it, but I also am not, like, rooting for it. John Harbaugh, what say you? Well, I mean, you know, all, all the guys, anytime a great player is, is out there, you sure look at it. But I would say this about that right now. We like our tight ends. You know, we really like our guys. And, you know, like I said, I'm not rolling out Mark Andrews for the down-the-road future at all. This, Mark is so darn tough. And, and, and you know, Mark, Mark's one of those guys that really, really and truly say a guy eats, sleeps, and breathes football. That's Mark Andrews, you know, so... You know, he's going to do everything he can to get back down the road. But the guys that we have right now, our young guys, they're real guys. They're real players. And uh, I think right now we'll just roll with those guys. 
Well, that last video was courtesy of ESPN's Jameson Hensley. Uh, I, I, I found that um, answer to be insightful. Other people were like, oh, well, if Harbaugh says that we're not going to sign him, then that means he's down the hall right now signing a contract, right? Uh, so, you know, funny, I guess. Ha ha. But I do believe him. I believe that the Ravens are um, happy to move forward with likely and Kolar and, and Tomlinson, who I believe is on the practice squad still. Um, but what was more insightful was him saying again, I think that Mark Andrews could come back. And I think he believes that now, whether it happens, I don't know. And if it does happen, it wouldn't be unless the Ravens can go into a, a deep playoff run. It wouldn't be like, you know, wild card week or anything like that. So we will see what happens, but, um, that sounds to me like Zach Ertz is not coming. And, um, I think if he doesn't come, it also means that Eric DaCosta also believes that perhaps Mark Andrews could make it back. So I'm sure, I mean, look, both Eric DeCosta and John Harbaugh is getting the same information from the doctors. So uh, I'm sure they're on the same page there, but uh, that would be nice if Mark Andrews came back. All right. So I promised this in yesterday's Ravens vault. I said, I wanted to go through um, the team's mid season awards. Now mid season always ends up being your bye week whether that comes like in week five or, you know, week 13 or wherever, that's where we do them. So we're a little bit past the midway point, but that's what we call them, the midseason awards. So I'm going to go through MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Surprise Player, Breakout Player, Comeback Player, and then Coach of the Year. Um, I put these categories with no winners that I picked on Twitter because I was very interested to see what fans would say. MVP, uh, I thought, well, it, it is for me a very easy decision, but I was intrigued with how many people that did not choose Lamar Jackson. In fact, there were a number of people that chose Roquan Smith. I found that very interesting. For me, my pick has to go to Lamar. Uh, even over Roquan, as much as I love Roquan, obviously friend of the show, and he will get a different award here that I'm going to give out this, this season, but to me, your most valuable player is the player that you simply can't win without. You can't, he's the, he's the one you can least afford to lose. And we've seen that 2021, 2022, right before Lamar Jackson goes down, he's got them, I believe, number one in the AFC, I think both years, if not very close, certainly leading the division. And then as soon as he goes down, the team goes downhill too. They just, they just haven't been able – I mean, they've won some games here and there with Tyler Huntley stunning, starting, but it's a losing record for sure, for sure. And it's not even close to 500. Lamar Jackson, as I re said last week, he is number four in, since the NFL merger in 1970, number four with his win percentage at 73.6. Only Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Roger Staubach have a better win percentage. He's beaten people like Joe Montana, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Peyton Manning, literally name Steve Young, name any other quarterback than those three. And Lamar Jackson has a better win percentage. And then among active quarterbacks since 2018, he's number two, his win percentage only trailing Patrick Mahomes. I think it would be a beast to overcome a loss like Roquan Smith, but I think the Ravens would still have a winning record without him as long as you had Lamar Jackson. I don't, that's obviously not the case when Lamar goes down. To me, he is MVP. I don't care what his stats are, as long as he gets the Ravens winning. And by the way, 
what do you know? Just like the last two years before he went down, had him basically number one. As we're sitting here talking today, they're number two in the AFC, number one before their bye week. Now they're just tied and somebody else has a tiebreaker. He's tied for number one in the AFC again. Lamar Jackson is easily, in my opinion, the Ravens MVP. Now, as far as the offensive player of the year, this one I had a, a little bit harder time because I forgot to mention that one of the rules I gave myself in deciding these is there could be no repeats. I could easily put Lamar Jackson as the offensive player of the year again, but I want no repeats just to kind of spread the love and make this a little bit more fun. Um, Mark Andrews would have been a consideration if he didn't go down. I think he could have easily been it. Zay Flowers could be it, but again, because of my rule of no repeating, I have him with a different award, so I didn't put him here. Tyler Linderbaum I considered, but offensive lineman, it's tougher. There's not as many splash plays, not as many stats to look at, but I think Tyler Linderbaum legitimately, I, I really almost put him in here. Uh, going forward, if I revisit this in the offseason or after the season, depending on what happens in December, January, and possibly February, maybe OBJ or, or Keaton Mitchell could take this. But for now, for now, midseason award, I give the offensive player of the year to Gus the Bus Edwards. <clears throat> Gus uh, has been automatic in the red zone. Um, excuse me. Prior to, um, I think it was week 11, he, had, he was number two in terms of rushing touchdowns with 10. I think he's fallen to number four during the bye uh, where a couple people passed him up. But the Ravens last year struggled in the red zone. They struggled for a couple games this year. And then Todd Munkin and the Ravens offense turned to Gus Bess when they're like within five yards of the end zone. And he has delivered time and time and time again. He delivers on third, third and short time and time and time again. You cannot take those points for granted. Seven points over three. Gus Edwards, for me, gets offensive player of the year so far this season. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Next, defensive player of the year. There's also some other candidates. 
that I tinkered with. But to me, I still have an overwhelming win. But Justin Matabike tinkered with him. Kyle Hamilton considered him. But once again, I went with if the Ravens lost this person, who would have the biggest impact if they lost them? That, for me, is Roquan Smith. This man, I mean, you can look at the stats. Leads the team with total tackles. Um, he, he ranks up there with all the best linebackers in the league. He's, but to me, in, a, in addition to all those stats, he just is like, he's the life of this defense. And really not just the defense, the offense too, the entire team. It really is a Ray Lewis-like life where he sets the standard. And you, and if you yourself aren't giving it, but the highest paid linebacker is, then you got to look yourself in the mirror. He looks himself in the mirror, so everybody else has to also. And I picked this photo, for those that are on audio only, I picked a photo of him with a face where he's coming down at the camera and he looks like an absolute madman. That's what he plays like. That's how he talks, but he backs it up with, how, with his play. He is a madman who doesn't care when. He doesn't care, care what the challenge is. He doesn't care if he's been punched in the face. He doesn't care if his team has been punched in the gut. He's still coming at you. And to me, he is. He's what He breathes life in this team. To me, he is defensive player of the year. Next up, rookie of the year. This one was probably the easiest decision of all the awards. Zay Flowers, first round rookie. He set a new franchise record really actually several weeks ago with the most receptions in a rookie season, beating, beating Torrey Smith, who had 50. Um, the only person who I think could possibly give Zay Flowers a run for the money if I revisit this after the season is Keaton Mitchell. If Keaton Mitchell didn't wasn't injured and on IR for those first four, four weeks. Um, and then he got re-injured. So, I mean, to credit to Zay Flowers, he's stayed healthy. But if Keaton Mitchell can continue, maybe, maybe he could push Zay for this, but I have a feeling it's going to continue to be Zay. Thank you, Zay, for helping Eric DaCosta break the just hellish record of first-round wide receivers. Next up, I have um, breakout player of the year. I might be cheating on this, but I think it's okay. I've seen co-MVPs before. I've got a co-breakout player. I could not choose between Justin Matabike and Kyle Hamilton. Matabike from the defensive tackle position, leading the team with 10 sacks. First double-digit sack leader in Baltimore since 2017 by Terrell Suggs. He has just been a nightmare for offensive lines to handle. Then on the other side, there's Kyle Hamilton in just his second year where he's just a complete positionless player. He's so versatile. His body and what he can do is freakish in just the most complimentary way possible. He's an alien, all of those things. Coverage, nickel, dime, blitz, play against the run. Put this, put this guy anywhere. And he's going to succeed. And Mike McDonald is just having a blast with him. Well, how, how do you choose one over the other in terms of breakout season? I, I, I don't know how. I, so I didn't. Next, and I forgot to get a picture for him, surprise player of the year. 
This one was also hard. Ronald Darby has been a surprise to me. Jadavian Clowney has been a surprise to me. I thought he'd be in a JPP role. Geno Stone has surprised me. He was at one time leading the NFL with interceptions at six. Since Marcus Williams has come back, he hasn't had as many opportunities, so now he's dropped down to number two in the NFL. That's been a big shock to me. But despite all of that, I give this award to one Brandon Stevens. This guy, this is just so shocking to me. How? How, Brandon? You were a running back. Then you come and be in safety just in August in training camp. John Arbo said, yeah, he's going to be a safety this year. But then Marlin goes down. Rocky Sin gets hurt. There were so many injuries. They had to put him over there. And he hasn't let go of the cornerback position. And you have other guys. When Marlon Humphrey's healthy, it could have been Ronald Darby and Humphrey, maybe Rocky Sin. But neither of them have played at a level of Stevens to the point that Stevens is taking on the opponent's best wide receivers, Jamar Chase. Not giving anything up. People are calling him Stevens Island. Where did this come from? And he's done it week in and week out. It's unreal to me what he's done. It's unreal to me. He is for sure my surprise player. All right, comeback player. Oftentimes the comeback player, people give it to people coming off of injury. Uh, Lamar Jackson can't, can't double up for my rules, but he'd be a comeback player. Michael Pierce, absolutely, after coming off of injury last year. OBJ, OBJ couldn't give it to him though. Maybe I will later if he has a big December and a big January, but I just don't feel like he's done quite enough to win it. To me, and this isn't based off of injury, I picked Jadavian Clowney. Jadavian, he finished last year so down to the point where he was inactive, a healthy scratch at the end of the season, and then released by the Browns. Didn't earn you know, end well. He also criticized, obviously he criticized the team. Apparently he thought it was off the record, but it got public. And um, it just was a bad ending and he didn't have the year that he wanted. He's a former number one overall pick. And he has just been playing with his hair on fire. Just constantly putting pressures. That Chargers game was out of control. He had 24% pressure rate. He had the sack strip. He had the other forced fumble. He had a fumble recovery. He just, again, I thought he was going to be in a JPP kind of comp complimentary role. Maybe he thought he'd have like five sacks by the end of the season. He has 7.5 with five games remaining. Remaining, He could also hit double digits in, this, in the sack category. Just, just uh, really a great, a great season for him. I had to put him down here for comeback player of the year. Hat tip, though, to Michael Pierce, who was number two for me. And then finally, this was an easy one, coach of the year. I'm giving it to Mike McDonald. Um, we went yesterday over his disguises, his simulations, how he's been just this mad scientist. But another, some other stats you may not know, the Ravens PR staff put together the rankings of the Ravens defense in different categories since 2008, because that's in the John Harbaugh era. Now, John Harbaugh had Suggs, he had Nada, he had, um, Ray Lewis, he had Ed Reed, had all that. Now, obviously, didn't have all of them in the prime, but still had them. It's not like it was the 2000, you know, versions of them, but had them. Had a phenomenal defensive talent. 
So think of that. They were with John Harbaugh in 2008, really through 2012 for, for Reed and Ray Lewis, but then continued with some of the other guys. This is where Mike McDonald's this year's, this season's defense ranks so far. Number one points allowed per game, 19.1. Number Ranked number two in total net yards allowed per game. Number one in rushing yards allowed per game. Number one in red zone defense. Number two in opponent passer rating. And number one in third down defense. That is some crazy competition. Crazy competition within the Ravens since 2008. And Mike McDonald is just killing it. Just absolutely killing it. All right, so those are my awards. Let me know what you think. Where did I get it wrong? Where did I get it right? What are your awards? Let me know in the comment section if you're on YouTube. Uh, also, you can get back to me on Twitter. It's out there uh, where I've set up the tweet. All right, some quick hits before we close. Um, Gia Han from Baltimore Banner spoke with Gino, Sa or Gino Stone. And Gino Stone was trying to, you know, show some humility. He said three or four of his six interceptions were just right place, right time. Oh, it's just luck. Just luck, right? Well, Kyle Hamilton put the kibosh on that. He said that Stone's just being humble. Quote, I've never heard of anybody getting just six wild picks. I agree with Hamilton. Uh, Stone being humble there. You can go read that full story uh, where Stone explains what he saw on each of his six picks and how he was able to pull them off. Brooke Pryor from ESPN reported that Mike Tomlin said that there's no concern that Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett's ankle injury and surgery will be season-ending, given that the Ravens play the Steelers the last game of the season, Week 18. That implies that he will be back for that game. But until then, Adam Schefter reported that the Steelers are signing free agent quarterback, get this, Trace McSorley to the Steelers practice squad uh, that is per a source. So now we got McSorley in Pittsburgh. We got Flacco in um, uh, they got Flacco in the over in Cleveland. And as Ryan Mink joked on Twitter, what's next? RG three going to the Bengals. I mean, taking all all the AFC North enemies, getting these former Ravens quarterbacks. And then finally, Jeff's Rebeck. He reported that Ravens undrafted rookie outside linebacker Malik Ham. He has been designated to return from IR, so his three-week practice window starts this week. Good for Malik Ham. Always need reinforcements, sure on defense, but also on special teams. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is your Ravens Vault. Thank you to all the patrons who have been supporting us. I promise we'll get your individual names back going when, when Bobby gets back, and I'll do better the next time he's out to make sure I have the, all those names handy. Also want to thank our sponsor, GEHA. Be sure to enter into their sweepstakes for the Ravens Tunnel Experience. And then thank you to all of you. Appreciate it. Tomorrow, tomorrow's morning vault, Bobby will be back. He'll be joining me from Rome. So that will be fun. See you tomorrow morning with Bobby inside the vault.